Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes, episode 111. You have to change that. Why? Look at my face. Like, oh, I paused the... Yeah. No, keep it. I can't stare at that. We'll change the thumbnail. Nice. For those who... Uh, for those who That's don't Thank you. don't know what we're talking about, we stream this live on Twitch Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central, and we have the stream up so we can talk to people in chat, and I paused it on a frame that Ray was not a fan of, uh, which is fine. But yes, this is episode 111. We were talking about our favorite TV pilots and some news. We'll talk about some Avengers stuff, some DC stuff, some other stuff. Other stuff. Other stuff. Um, and so, yeah, uh, we'll go ahead and kick things off. I am Derek. I've got my two lovely regular hosts <laughs> with me, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hello. And we are back yet again. Yeah, to definitely. To talk screen-type things. Screen-type things. That's what we do. So let's dive into the news, guys. Um, we were talking a little bit before we went live here about Avengers Infinity War and about how the cast isn't allowed to see the movie. So... They yeah, they w- can't even watch the movie until, I guess, like the actual premiere. Right? Yeah, that yeah, absolutely. I think that's actually why there was that big deal about uh, Robert Downey Jr. being the one to announce that it ha- is happening a week earlier instead. And now it kind of all makes sense that they want to avoid spoilers so much. Like uh, last week or the week before, the Russo brothers put out that, please do not spoil the film and... Um, then this week we find out that even the cast has only seen 30 minutes of the film and nothing else. And only one of them has actually seen the whole script. Right. Only one cast member yeah. has seen the whole You think it's Robert Downey Jr.? No, it's Benedict Cumberbatch. He's the only... Why would that he, who it is? I think so. Yeah. Why would he be the only one who's seen the whole script? Because he, he conned them into getting the whole script. Ah. Uh... Yeah, get it? Yeah, we get it. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that but... joke would have landed really well on Red Shirts and Runabouts. Would it? Yeah. Are you sure? I'm glad I'm not on that podcast. Anyway. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, he's the only one that's read the whole script, supposedly. Uh, Tom Holland, like, didn't even know who he was fighting when he, in his fight scenes. He had to, like, call the other, or text the other cast members to find out if they filmed a scene that was like that. <laughs> Tom, we're just going to keep you in this green box by yourself. We're going to give you only your lines. Well, he's, he's spoiled things before. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a... Uh... Yeah, Tom Holland's not invited to the premiere. Right. No. Yeah. That's just mean. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a little mean. Well, the thing is, the world premiere is the same day that we get to see it. Like, everybody gets to see it at the world premiere. That doesn't happen anymore. So, you know, April 27th is is it. And sorry, Tom Holland, you have to go April 28th because you suck. I guess you could just buy a ticket and go see it somewhere yeah, else. You probably could. I mean, we're seeing it on the 26th. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, <laughs> Um, that's a good point, though. It's a little sad that movies get spoiled for people like that because they release, you know, earlier in some country, either here and you live somewhere else or another country. Like Australia, I remember, gets 
they got Star Trek Beyond like a month and a half early or something like that. I just thought that was really obscure. There was this really weird story that I heard. Um, I don't know if there's any fact to it. I never looked it up. This is the days before Snopes. But <laughs> as somebody told me that on the midnight release of the sixth Harry Potter book, somebody flew from the UK to the US drove right by a Barnes Noble and was like, Dumbledore dies! Because they, no, they got Snape it earlier. Because they got it earlier. So what, they read the book on the plane? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's exactly how it went down. I right. saw the video of it. Oh, okay. And so that... As far as I know, they just got the spoiler from the internet because I think the internet was a thing. Well, no, the, the internet was a book. thing. I meant, like, Snopes. I didn't, oh, okay. like... Find yeah. out if this was factual at this time. I just yeah, hear the, the rumor. The internet's been around the entire 21st century. <laughs> they so. drove. They drove by this <laughs> like Barnes and Noble said. little line around. Him. I'm answering Ryan. Like I'm pretty sure the internet was out. Yeah, yeah there's. They they <laughs> run, drive around this Barnes and Noble and yell, "Snape kills Dumbledore!" And then this this old lady like chases him, going, "You bitch!" And like it was really funny. They yelled it at the car window, oh and I mean God. that's a dick move, but the reaction was pretty funny. I mean, I don't even. That's not even as worse as uh, there was a library that put out a giant billboard right when the movie was coming out, the movie adaptation that said, uh, "Snape kills Dumbledore," or "Dumbledore dies," or whatever, and it says you'd know that if you had read the book first. It's like that's just kind of mean. <laughs> That's not a way to gain friends, library. I will tell you that much. That's but, true. Um, we've gotten I, real sidetracked. But we're talking about books, so I guess we could talk about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, absolutely. They're finally piecing together all of uh, Tolkien's notes and releasing The Fall of Gondolin. Yes, his son, who is 93, he is. is the one who has kind of put it together and edited and published it. Over the last... Like, I can is only it a imagine... standalone story? Yes. Do we know? It's okay. very much a prequel. Takes place a long time. A prequel to The Hobbit? It's in the Middle Earth world, but it is it can be read on its own. It doesn't have to have supplementary. So it does According, take chronologically it takes place first, before The Hobbit. Yes. Okay. According to this to the article that I've I've read, I'm looking at Polygon right now, they've got a pretty good article out there, but uh, so it says the elven city of Gondolin and its sacking by the the Dark Lord Morgoth was quote the first real story end quote of Middle Earth. So very. So it's like the old Republic, Republic of. I guess. Earth. Yeah. So it's way prequel. It's Lord of the Rings, a Star Wars story. Right. <laughs> well, that's that is one mashup I would fucking watch. Yeah. Yeah. Gandalf versus uh, some Sith Lord. Yoda. No, why would they be fighting? Because they'd be smoking be awesome. together. Have you seen that's not Star true. Wars? <laughs> no. Um, no. Star Trek. What's that? No. I just want the two of them to like have quips back and forth. Yeah, you know? I'd be okay. Like, old man. Wise wizard quips. Sure, sure, sure. So yeah, so that's coming out uh, later this year. So we will be able to read new Lord of the Rings content for the first time in a long while. Stop saying Lord of the Rings. New Middle Earth content. (sighs) She has a point. It's from the, it's the Lord of the Rings franchise. It's the Lord of the Rings verse. God. Just because those films were done first. No, the books. The books were the big title books. Like that's. You know, can we call it the Tolkien verse? Thank you. I'll do you that. Know, it'd be right. better. That's fine. It has a better ring to it. You know. Sure. Wasn't he really good friends with C.S. Lewis, who did the Chronicles of Narnia, I and the so. two of them believed that the the Narnia world was just Middle Earth, but like hundreds More and Christian. hundreds and hundreds of years <laughs> More under, yeah. Christian. So Christian. <laughs> 
All right. The yes, lion he has is had God. a lot more like Christianity yes, themes in the book, but that is definitely true. Um, all right. So what's going on in the DC world? I mean, not much. Awesome Shazam Man. Gate 2018 is not continuing. No. Yeah, I mean, it is in, in the fact that they're that you're uh, watching, not <laughs> that they're not revealing the suit yet. Zachary Levi tweets every day. If you want to know anything about Shazam, you should see his Twitter. Unless you want to see an official picture of the suit. Right. No, he doesn't get to release that, but he does get to talk about how awesome it is on set and how He's much he loves it. He's not Robert Downey Jr. He doesn't get no. to like demand things from the studio and have <laughs> to comply. Yet. He does. He's like half his age. <laughs> it's true. Give him a he few years. He tweets at uh, some of the other Justice League members, and it's it's pretty funny. I've been watching that go down uh you know the make-a-wish kids who are mm-hmm. like i want to meet batman and stuff well nobody's like i want to meet shazam right <laughs> so not zachary... yet after the movie comes <laughs> yeah, out that's true, maybe. So zachary levi is like hey henry cavill which is kind of a dick move to ben affleck because <laughs> right. he's going through rehab right now like yeah. to kick a kick an alcohol dependency issue and he's uh he, he's probably know, not in a great headspace to be like Tending to be Batman did, and all this other stuff. Sounds like a perfect pet space All the for fan expo Dallas photos of him. Like he just, I saw one. He looks so sad. Like, yeah, he doesn't he look like, happy. This is He's my still life in now. Rehab, I I'm pretty cons. sure. I, I don't know. I it was also $250 for a picture with him. Um, it was that because he only did photo ops with Jason Momoa. He did not do really? them separately. Yeah. I swear I saw some some Batman people that were in, posting the Batman groups on oh, Facebook never mind just then. a picture of him. I'm sorry. Somebody told me that they paid. He said he paid two fifty for the just that Affleck. I so. think two fifty's become the standard for the big stars. Um, I, That's I, so much money. So I recall, I think like one of the Chris's Hemsworth or Evans, I forget which one was at some major major con a, a year or two ago, and I think that's what their price was. Like if you go, if you're six hundreds, if you're gonna go take a picture with, why is she at cons? She is six hundred dollars, and like you have to stand like three feet away from her. You should look up those photos. It's pretty. Yeah, fun. it's really it's awkward. Probably because she's icky. I'd want to stand. No, three it's because feet she's anyway. like super. Pay six hundred dollars for a photo. Those seem not... in conflict. She's a germaphobe, yeah. and like oh, is she? yeah, people if people get near her, she starts freaking out. Oh, but. Her, I mean, and that, that's fine. She, skater girl. She's entitled to that. It just then it seems like maybe cons aren't for you. That's all. She should say, see you later, con. Uh, do you remember that one time <laughs> he sang that at karaoke? I do, yeah. He also sang, what did he sing? Uh, something other else that was really embarrassing. Nickelback, I think. Um, Creed. 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 It but was it wasn't Creed. just me, though. It was John and Paco. Well, I don't remember that part. I just remember, <laughs> I just remember Derek. We were rocking out. Yeah, I did some Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I don't remember that. Yeah, some Will I Smith. Yeah. I, don't. I did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song by Will Smith. Not, you know, just generic Fresh Prince stuff. Just want to make that clear. So, but the other DC news I was referring to, since we were talking about it before the show, uh, was that the Flash film is no longer going to be called Flashpoint. That does not mean it's not the Flashpoint story. They wanted to say that they are just changing the name, which leads me to believe that means they don't have any idea what it's going to be about. Gee, wait, a DC movie that they don't have any idea what they're doing with? Now that's a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might not even happen at this point. Let's get real. Um, I'd be surprised if if there isn't a Flash movie. That seems unlikely, but... Ezra Miller is just, you know, he's so young and ready for the exploitation. <laughs> so let's sign him to a million movies and do what we need to. I mean, if you look at it, though, look at all the Batman and Superman merchandise that's come out. There really hasn't been that much Flash merchandise, so, like, I don't think the demand is 
No, of course so not. So big but... for Especially with Flash such movie. a, you know, entertaining TV show on already. Right. Like, Maybe and I mean, there's not even that much merchandise for that the TV show, not. and it's much better. He's still Flash, and Flash is, you know, number four or five or six on people's rankings of DC superheroes. The people that know the DC so. superheroes. Most people's rankings are Batman and Superman, and maybe Wonder Woman now. That That's what I'm saying. Out. Those are the top That's three, it. right? Those right. symbolism, like, <laughs> their symbols are more recognized than, like, the Christian cross in some parts of the world. So, That's my in point, all though. fairness. So, like, if Warner Brothers is going to make toys, what toys are you going to make? Those, you're I feel make. like that was Ryan's point. But maybe it was yours, too. I don't know. I'm kind of lost. I really only half pay attention to what you guys say. I believe that. I only half pay attention to what I say, so... <laughs> And I only half think it, too, before I say it. Guys, we gotta be honest. We didn't come prepared for news. We're just kind of riffing it, okay? We're fine. We had topics. Yeah, I mean, we have a topic for the show. Yeah, well, yeah. there's that, too. Do you want to move on to that, then? I mean, sure. Okay. Yeah, why not? Well, uh, before we do that, um, we'll just mention real quick that we will be at, uh, well, Ray and I will be at the Gathering of the Geeks here in Kansas City on Wednesday, April 25th, doing a little presentation there, so... Check that out. The event is on Facebook, Gathering of the Geeks number two. It's the second meeting of that group. Yep. So join us there. And then Ryan and I are going to be streaming some Overwatch Wednesday night uh, tomorrow. Uh, or, well, I guess this would be yesterday for when the show, <laughs> the show comes out on Thursdays now. I forgot. So, but join us this next, this coming Wednesday. We'll be streaming then too. So check that out. So many weeks of streaming in a row. Yeah, three. You guys like it. <laughs> it's three weeks. <laughs> yeah, but I have to take a break from killing cultists to yeah. help John and Derek learn how to play video games. Oh, so, wow, man. Let's pick some games I've played before. Yeah, no, it'll be a little bit different. Did you have any good trouble games? with Borderlands? Wow. I never played a little bit. No, yeah, I figured it out. You know, fair. part of the problem with Borderlands too is that the the guns are all based on a color system for their rarity, and yeah. I can't see all the colors. So, that does suck. You know, that's yeah. hard There for me. may be a colorblind mode. Did you check? I did not, but I, I will. It's an older game, so I would be very surprised. Modern games definitely seem to be doing that. You know, uh, Overwatch has like six different colorblind modes. Doom had, I think, three. Yeah. So, um, you know, they're, they're trying, and I appreciate that, but the older games is still a little tough. See, the only video game you and I play together that involves colors is, you know, draw something on our phones and i don't want to talk about it the only time you get confused is green and brown there's so many colors to choose i always have to swap in my head i really wish you could long press on a color and it would tell you what color it is oh that's sweet i feel like that would be nice you know for if anyone's out there listening from draw something i'm sure they are all right so let's go (laughs) into our topic this is just going off the rails so we are talking about our favorite tv pilots um so this can be any television show that has ever aired i suppose if you have a favorite pilot from a show that was never picked up that's fine too but um that yeah. wonder woman pilot with adrian Pilecki. i think i'm the only one that's watched that here yeah, no, I I did you end up watching yeah. it yeah i, watched I, I never it. watched it okay so i actually didn't think it was that bad to be no, honest with you i wouldn't put I on like a list of best pilots but no. no that's what i heard though it was I heard not it bad. Wasn't bad i don't know and the suit why... really wasn't that bad either it wasn't picked up. It should have at least been given a season. I mean, if the Bionic Woman remake could have gotten a season, this could have gotten a season. I think so, yeah. And anyway. Adrian Blicky is not not a bad choice for Wonder Woman. No. I thought she was pretty decent. Agreed. But now she's on the Orville, and that's fine. Yeah, she's, she's, really... on, she's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. occasionally. Well, she, she was. Because she's Mockingbird. Okay, well, yeah. she's a, she's one of the leads on, she on is. the Orville. So. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's, let's do this. Who would like to kick us off? Well, it was my idea to add this to the schedule and, 
you know. Much to the chagrin of the other hosts. Yes. So, I will. <laughs> I uh, tried very hard to pick TV shows that the pilot just drew me in. And I immediately saw it and was like, okay, I'm going to watch the rest of this. You know, whether I like it or not, this draws me in. So... Again, these were my favorites. These are not the best I've ever seen. They're also not, like, in any particular order. You're this... just picking one, right? Right now. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I'm not going through all of them. Okay. Uh, Stay the... with us, Derek. It's just like, it sounded like you were about to just go through the list. No, so. no. I just, you know, from here on out, not in any order. Gotcha. Not... You're not going to put them alphabetically like Derek? No. And my or TV... chronologically? <laughs> the TV shows aren't even, like, my whole I didn't cause... even do that. This time. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so I'm going to go with Heroes. The very first episode is called Genesis. Uh, It came out September 25th, 2006. Um, What were you doing around that time, Ray? I was four. Thank you. Yeah. What year was this? 2006. 2006. She was four years old. I was in college. She wasn't really four in 2006. I was I guess this would have been the... Actually, this would have been the fall of 2006, right? September 25th. September? That's what okay. I said. Yeah. So I wasn't September in college anymore. <laughs> falls in the autumn. How much debt were you in at this point in your life, Derek? $22,000. Okay. Not terrible. That's right. You're going to now. It's, you know, not looking too bad. Peanuts, now. Ryan. Peanuts. <laughs> Pocket change. The styrofoam kind. Little did I know, <laughs> working at TGI Fridays, what exactly the future would hold. Oh, God. Yeah. Anyway, Heroes. I mean, yeah. So, Heroes, if you don't remember, it was a four-season show. It also had a reboot that came out last year. With uh, Zachary Levi. With Zachary Levi. Um, Shazam Gate 2018. So, for some reason, this eclipse occurs and it triggers latent superpowers in individuals. The first episode was a lot to get through. They had a ton of characters to introduce, so it was a little overcrowded. But the overall premise was really interesting to me. They focused a lot on the painter Isaac Mendez and his ability to paint the future. Um, but he was a heroin addict, so that kind of took away from his credibility, mm-hmm. which made his character very interesting. And, you know, spoiler alert, when he died, it was incredibly like sad to me. I thought he was going to make it through the first season. And then they also focus a lot on Peter Petrelli and how he keeps having dreams that he's flying and uh, he just knows he's bound for greatness. Was he really just floating above his bed for 10 years? (laughs) No, he actually flies. (laughs) Uh, They, you know, they show Chloe Bennett, uh, who is the cheerleader. Does she cut her toe off in the pilot? Or no, she cuts her toe off in season two when she... I only watched season one, so I, I know it's in season one that she does that. And maybe it's towards the end. She doesn't do it in the pilot. She falls and uh, she starts regenerating her skin and everything after a scratch. And then she like purposely goes into a fire and mm. she has her friend tape everything so that they can prove that she's a superhero and... Then, you know, Allie Larder's character, I'm pretty sure they never figured out what they wanted to do with her because she was just a freaking mess. But her son, Micah, who could talk to technology, was really cool. That was cool. I liked Hero. 
um, who... Yeah, Maki. Um, yeah, he, he. I thought he was really cool, and his obsession with the Nissan Versa. <laughs> that was a giant Nissan commercial with that. Well, <laughs> it was cool to see the different takes on this. Like, if something occurs and all of a sudden you can do something tomorrow, maybe it's not something you wanted to do ever. So, you know, it it may be a huge liability to you. Whereas, you know, Peter and Hero want to be the superheroes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Allie Larder's Nikki is just like, what the hell? <laughs> so it was very interesting. It made me want to watch more. And I just thought it was a... Like, that first season of Heroes is probably one of my favorite overarching storylines I've ever seen. And I'm not saying it should have been canceled, but it was definitely just mangled by the writer's strike. So... It felt it, like it was supposed to be a one-season story. It, it was perfectly bookended. It had one of my favorite villains of all time in Siler. Yeah, Zachary Quinto is intense. He was scary. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a TV show where the villain was just outright scary. Jessica mm. Jones. <laughs> Oh, that's true. David Tennant, yes. man. Ten years later. <laughs> she said she'd never seen it. I'm pretty sure that he's You're he, right. a, a very scary. Sure. You're, right. yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. David Tennant in that show was frightening. But that's my number one heroes, Genesis. But not in a particular order. Her number one, though. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. That, I meant that's my first one. <laughs> right. I was just making sure things were clear. No, why, you're why, right. Why don't Thank you go you. next? Uh, I'm going to say that I don't watch enough good TV, apparently, for this episode, uh, which is a problem. I think you watch TV where it gets better as it goes, and the yeah, pilots are pretty yeah. awful. Except for Arrow. A lot of them. The yeah. pilot was awful. I would argue that. Anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't think Arrow's pilot was awful. Okay, well, I guess we'll just go into that, because I had actually had that on one of my favorite pilots. Uh, I mean, Green Arrow... Is what could you could think is a boring character right off the bat, and this gave it a kind of a cool backstory. I thought, I mean, it's the same as the comics for the most part, um, but you get to see like the modern day Oliver Queen coming back from the island where he's been missing for f- five years on the island, quote unquote. Um, it wasn't on the island. It all was five. He was basically anywhere but the island. <laughs> he was on the island for like three months in there. <laughs> Um, but he still has a beard and a long hair, which they have an explanation for that in later seasons, but, um, you get to see him come back to Star City, uh, and beat the crap and kill some guys that, that kidnap him, and you get your introduction to Diggle, um, and you get the introduction to the whole flashback thing, which is a pretty big staple of the show, um, which I, was actually unique for me, I don't know, maybe they have done that in other, other shows, but it's not something that I've seen where they Never specifically go back. Never like that. It was every episode. They had an A plotline in the present and a B plotline in the past. And they covered one year of the island in one season of the show. Yeah. So right. that, you know, through five seasons, you get through all five of the years that he was gone. That pilot... Some people may not have liked it, but it, it did pull me in. I did not yeah. think that that, I, that show was not even on my radar. But then when I watched the pilot, I was actually pretty impressed and came back. And, I mean, that show peaked, obviously, in the first couple of seasons and then went slowly downhill. Season two. Yeah, it was great. It was great it was comic book so TV, good. a great, a great uh, superhero TV. Yeah. But, yeah, it kind of went downhill <laughs> after that. But, yeah, I think the pilot... I mean, when you think of what the pilot has spawned, that one's pilot, that one show... Has now spawned Legends of Tomorrow, Flash, Supergirl, 
Black Lightning. I mean, I grant Black Lightning isn't in the same universe, but I mean that the I mean, CW it, has it become Supergirl, technically, technically, right, but so. they have but crossover. All those shows are possible now because of the yeah. success of Arrow. Yeah, and the DC uh, universe, the best DC universe is on TV and on the CW. It doesn't even much. include many of the major characters, right? I would argue that Arrow legitimize the CW as a network. That's probably true. Although it did have some good shows. Heroes was predating Arrow and Supernatural was predating Arrow and I think Well, Super, shows... Supernatural's been the juggernaut. Was Heroes on CW, wasn't it? Was it? It, it, was it was NBC. NBC. Oh, okay. That's the only reason that. I know that is because two two actors on NBC shows, one of which was Hero on Heroes, uh, were not allowed to return for the Scrubs finale on ABC because NBC was mad mm. that ABC picked up the show from them. So, um, well, yeah, I mean, you have a, I mean, that's a valid point. I, I, Supernatural is now in what? It's 14. 14th season? No, no, no. It's the new, it was renewed for 14. Yeah. Okay, so it's in so. its 13th season right now. And I mean, that is, Arrow's going into its seventh, I think, next year mm-hmm. uh, or later this year or whenever that starts. But I, I, I mean, like, Obviously, the CW has had successful shows. I mean, Smallville went on for 10 years, yeah. right? But the C- I think Arrow started what made the CW competitive in the eyes of all the other networks because they have major shows now almost every night. Arrow also opened up their eyes to other TV shows because, let's be honest, their demographic was, you know, teenage females. Between Supernatural and The Vampire Diaries, they also had, you know... America's Next Top Model on there. They were not aiming towards anybody else, adults or teenage males or anything like that. And now they've brought that in with Arrow. They also have uh, expanded their horizons. They did iZombie. They've done the 100. And both of those shows, uh, while right now people are a little worried they'll get uh, canceled, but they both have decent fandoms and they spread across multiple demographics. I know tons of people that like both those shows for different reasons. So, and then, you know, now they have Riverdale and they're doing Sabrina. So yeah. it's, and I mean, I thought Arrow's pilot looked really good. I mean, that must've been very expensive to pull, pull that off. And for a network like the CW, which doesn't pull in 12 or 13 million viewers like CBS does, that's not an easy thing to pull off. So I always gave them a lot of credit for that. I think it also legitimized like the that superhero TV shows could be popular because mm-hmm. I mean you had Agents of Shield then come shortly after Arrow yeah. um, and you know Constantine and they had you know a bunch of uh, several other shows all start and they all kind of died. Gotham. Uh, Gotham but is actually still going which yeah that one um no, well, it's kind of love it or hate it type deal, but it's still going pretty strong. They wanted Gotham to be this dark cop procedural drama at first, and then they just realized they needed to make it a Batman soap opera. <laughs> yes. And I say that with as much love as possible because there are good and bad things about it, but if you love the cheese, you'll love the show. Yeah, it's and... absolutely cheesy, and it's it's mm-hmm. just kind of people having fun with Batman characters. And yeah. if you just kind of think of it as a, like, alternate universe... Yeah. And like a what if kind of, I mean, DC has done what if, I think Marvel and DC have both done, both done like what if type comic books. I try to think of it as a show set in um, a merging of the Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher films. It's got the cheese of the Joel Schumacher, but it's got the grit of the Tim Burton. So it's, you know, a dangerous soap opera, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. I think as far as a TV show, it's pretty good. And, and it wouldn't have been without Arrow and some of the other shows, so... 
um, yeah, I think that Arrow is not only a pretty decent pilot in its own right, but also um, an important pilot for, especially like this show, the superhero yeah. you know, fans. No, I, I absolutely agree. Um, that's good. Okay, so I'll go on to my first one. I am not doing these in any particular order. They're just kind of what feels right. So um, I'm going to go with my big NBC show, which is Chuck. So Chuck uh, did have a fun pilot. Chuck is Zachary Levi's. I've not seen it. Show I will try not to spoil the too much. The third time we brought up Zachary Levi, I <laughs> yeah. know right? we have a big fan. I like him a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we bring up Tangled, and then we've covered all four of our bases. Boom! There you go. Um, no, so Chuck. For those who don't know, it was a spy comedy, basically, uh, where. Chuck is based, is a super nerd who ends up a, a secret agent because a computer system is essentially downloaded into his brain called the Intersect, and he is try they try and take the CIA and the NSA both try and take him down because they think he stole the Intersect, which is supposed to be this incredibly dangerous uh, training program and box of knowledge. Um, and then of course they find out he is the intersect and now they're forced to take care of him and protect him so he doesn't die. Um, so it's, uh, it's a pretty fun show. He works at, uh, he works at Buy More, which is basically a Best Buy. So he gets to have this kind of like retail job and, um, the Yvonne Strotsky, I never got her last name right. She's the, the lead woman on the show, Sarah Walker, and she is the CIA agent who's trying to protect him and she, you know, it's undercover at like the hot dog stand across the street stuff. Like it's it's a little tropey, it's a little corny, um, but it's it's a fun secret agent show um, that really just continues to get better from there. And he's just a lovable hero guy. It's great. He is. That show is really fun, and I loved turning it on, watching an episode. I it felt very. Um, sectioned off so I could pick it up and put it down when I needed to it's tough when you if you fall in love with some of these characters the uh the finale is kind of a gut punch but it's a really good show and I think the pilot just started things off really strong by introducing all of the characters and the whole premise for the entire show um which is is a difficult balance I mean it you had to have kind of the the lovable nerd who could still be somewhat convincing as somebody who could put himself in dangerous situations and pull stuff off because he had to, right? Yeah. And uh, that's not an easy thing to do, but it was fun. A couple of people in chat agreed with you. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're the first one nice. to start. Woo! Apparently, yeah. Apparently, you yes. already you had to mention Chuck, and that was the thing that, that was it. set people to awesome. respond in chat. Thank you, Ren, uh, Ren Buff and Bruce Wayne. I appreciate it. Chuck is amazing. I love that show so much. So I I kind of dislike it. I kind of also dislike Firefly for the same reason. Uh, they make me like Adam Baldwin, and that man is a garbage <laughs> human. So his so his character on Chuck uh, is. All, is actually a toned down version of himself in real life. Right, right. We didn't realize that. We thought uh, he was just playing the, yeah. you know, lovable asshole. Thing. It was a little disappointing to find out that that was just a, like a toned down version of him. Yeah. Uh, but his character does balance really well in the show, and the rest of the cast is is wonderful. And if you can't, if you can't love the Chuck Sarah on and off romance in the show, then. You're you're just probably a little dead inside. I'm just Aww. gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. Harsh. It's they right, had right a good. Here. Will they? Won't they? They had a good one. I love that show. I want to rewatch Chuck now. Let's do it. Okay. Right now. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna stop the podcast. Guys. We'll, we'll come back. We'll be back in and... five seasons. Um, all right. Let's move on. Ray, you're number two. All right.
right. Uh, so <laughs> this one came out a few years ago, but I didn't watch it until about a few weeks ago. And that is The Good Place. <sighs> Episode is called Everything is Fine, and it debuted September 19th, 2016. If you don't know what The Good Place is, it's a sitcom starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson, and they are fantastic together. And it's the premise that... Uh, her character has passed away, and she's reached heaven, and now everything is fine. And I'm not going to spoil anything for you, because it's still a fresh show. Season 3 is coming out this winter, I believe. So go binge it on Netflix and Hulu, because I believe one has season 1 and the other has season 2. But it's a lot of fun. Seasons are short, you can get through them. And Kristen Bell just proves that she has, you know... Uh, she's she's everything. She's a great actress. She's a great singer, and she's a great comedian. So you can Fork get on a. board. <laughs> what the short? <laughs> <laughs> so it's in the good place, which is heaven, right? Is the good place? The good place and the bad place, right? Um, you can't curse in the good place. Okay, it's so really funny. It stops you from cursing. So if you were going to say a bad word, it replaces it with something, and it's hilarious. The show is amazing, and the pilot was really, really good to kind of build this this the, really kind yeah. of like Pleasantville esque universe. The creators were part of uh, two of my other favorite sitcoms, uh, Parks and Rec, and. Um, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. They Nine-Nine. have a lot of the same. <laughs> they have a lot of the same people that join in on it. Uh, the guy who plays Dennis Feinstein appears. Uh, named... That's unfortunate, but <laughs> but Jeremy Jam in there. Adam Scott no. is though. Adam Scott does show up. Yeah. Adam Scott's in there. Uh, yeah, uh, there's just a lot of reminiscent things, though. So. If you like those two sitcoms, you'll probably like The Good Place. Yeah, the, the budget's really strong. The show looks really good. The actors are all great. The story is super unique. Mm-hmm. And the pilot really sells you on it. I mean, you watch that episode and you just, you have to know what happens next. Right. And that's, I think, that's the mark of a good pilot, right? Is, I've seen it, now I want more. That's yeah. the whole point. And that one absolutely does that. Mm-hmm. Great show. Ryan? I'm going to hit with a little bit bigger show. Yeah. It was recent. Uh, the Walking Dead. Yes. Um, love or hate where it's going this season. The pilot was was a very or strong piece of uh, very strong piece of television cinema. Uh, it was, uh, you know, we got our introduction to Rick as a cop, as a sheriff or whatever he was. And uh, you see the accident <laughs> that sends him to was. a hospital mm-hmm. and he wakes up and the whole world has gone to hell and the zombies are everywhere and he's not in good shape and no. you know trying to get around and uh runs into morgan who'd become a recurring character later on uh in the show and uh and is now moving to fear the walking dead i guess and uh, uh you get the hint of glenn at the end which if if you're a comic book fan then of course you're gonna know glenn and you know be excited to see glenn but at this point you know rick is kind of on his own stuck in this tank with zombies all around him, and it's it's a very intense scene, and you hear Glenn come in and call him a dumbass or whatever it was, and it was, uh... I really liked it. I thought it was a solid hour of television. The bicycle girl? Yeah. The the zombie for that was the half, so the half well done. Yeah. That was really And even, like, makeup. the little girl that he runs into? That yeah. was, like, a flash forward, I guess. Yeah. Or I guess it was the very beginning of the episode, but then it was flash forward from where he is 
later. It was there's some weird time stuff happening even this season still in The Walking Dead. Like, I, I'm with chagrin and chat on this one. I actually found the episode really boring, and I didn't continue watching. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I like my slow zombie films. You know, I I also like the look of it. It was this. It almost had this western feel. He's riding this horse and he's going I did like down that, where he's the highway, highway. Yeah, I thought that was cool. By himself, he's it, they shut down Atlanta to film that. So <laughs> I'm sure they made lots of people happy. Small yeah, town. yeah. Small town. <laughs> <laughs> Atlanta loves when people inconvenience them. I mean, the traffic's never an issue. So no, it's it's so empty. It's... So did you mean that you like zombie movies that are slow? Or yeah, you that like build up the tension. That are slow. No, no, no. I actually okay. love when zombies are fast moving. Okay. It's but a slow paced zombie film to me is just it's fun because it builds up the tension. Like you know, in this world. From the moment this this show starts, that everybody you love is going to die eventually in a brutal, yeah. horrible way, most likely, and in a way that doesn't happen in the comic books, <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> or they can recreate it shot for shot, and yeah. people will still be angry. So, <laughs> yeah, no. it's welcome to fandom. It's almost like you can't please people. You That's can't true. ever, yeah. weird, ever. Weird. They, <laughs> Even at this table, me and Rachel both liked the pilot, you didn't. And I would venture to say that if you went out and looked for like articles about the best TV pilots, probably most of them are going to say there. The Walking Dead. It, it absolutely was, because I, I did a lot of research on this to make sure I didn't forget anything glaring, because I've watched a lot of TV, and it's easy to forget stuff. And The Walking Dead was, I think, on every list. So I'm, I'm, probably, I'm in the minority there, I know that. The show's been incredibly popular. But it just didn't grab me. That debuted on Halloween, and I remember staying mm-hmm. at home to watch it. Me too. Uh, Actually, I think I watched it, it after, after Scare It, maybe. I don't remember. Maybe. But I watched it that night, too, yeah. And so then six, months, a of years six months later, they uh, showed it again in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was even better, because it reminded me That's of interesting. George Romero. There was a ton of hype for it. Like yeah. when when that was coming out on Halloween, it was kind. It was. I like had a, people over to my house. It was a party. What like, year was that? Uh, well, it's on season eight now, right? Okay, so, so about twenty ten then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, there was a ton of hype. I mean, it was a big deal. You know, like the hype that people had for Ash vs Evil Dead when that was premiering on Halloween. It was like yeah. that, except way bigger because for it's some huge. reason, like the public yeah. just latched onto Walking Dead. Now, if, if that was fall of two thousand ten, that's when I. Had uh, finished college and was a traveling software consultant and was never home. So I well, really only watched stuff that I had on disc that mm-hmm. I could burn to my computer. So The Walking Dead was really lucky because when it came out as a comic book, it came out when readers were embracing non-superhero stuff. This is when Why the Last Man got started and Fables and all three of these were optioned immediately mm-hmm. for TV shows. But only Robert Kirkman who's the writer and creator of Walking Dead, was such a champion for his stuff to be in other mediums. Mm. So the other two have kind of fallen short. Fables, of course, got picked up by multiple people and then dropped, and then they came up with their own watered-down versions of the show. And Why the Last Man has been in development hell forever, you know, starting as far back as 2005 when Shia LaBeouf was... Uh, Rumor to play Yarrick. Maybe we'll get a saga show. That'd be cool. A saga would be fun. 
It's it like really would. I mean, and now Star with... Wars fantasy mashup crazy. Can we get just go Star Wars show first? <laughs> I mean, but you've had like a, a non non cartoon <laughs> with Walking Dead and Preacher and Lucifer coming out. I'm more hopeful for these <clears throat> uh, these other comic books that sure. people have optioned. Yeah. Great pick. Thank you. All right, so my second one. I'm going to go with Battlestar Galactica. Oh my god, that was on every list I looked at too. So not the Prelude or Caprica or any of that stuff. This is literally the first episode, which was called 33. Uh, This was in 2005, uh, January of 2005. And uh, this episode was super cool. It it won a Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Performance, which is really great for a sci-fi show. Um, That's a big award for them. Um, and basically the, the premise of the show is we're on the run from the Cylons. The Cylons are trying to kill us and they, we have to jump, right? And we're, we're jumping every, we have to jump every 33 minutes because somehow the Cylons keep finding the fleet every 33 minutes. That's why the episode's called 33. And it takes like 200 and something jumps, um, before they find out, you know, that there's one ship that's kind of causing, mm-hmm the the matchup to happen they have to destroy their own ship and it's just really dark and intense and it's a really good kind of capsule of what the show is going to be right it's just they're on the the humans are on the run they're the last of their kind and the cylons are just breathing down their neck the entire way there's never really a moment to rest kind of concept um just constantly on the fly and you know you're introduced to all the big characters and the special effects were great the budget was good it was written by ronald d moore who if you don't know is a long time sci-fi guy he worked on star trek next generation and, and a bunch of other things so really awesome way to bring that franchise back um, and then, unfortunately, the writer's strike hit in a year or two, but that's not their fault. So, <laughs> Did you guys watch Battlestar? I did not. I didn't. I I tried to get into it a couple times, and it just, like, the timing never worked out. I always had to drop it, and then I picked up other shows, so. Fracking excuses. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Here, Katie Sackhoff is amazing, though. And, She's great, yeah. The whole know, cast is really good. Well, I heard that, you know, casting a female as Starbuck really angered a lot of people, and then they saw her, and they were like, nope, we're good. <laughs> like, this is fine. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing for people to be angry about, because, you know, the original Battlestar was in the 70s, and... I mean, if Star Trek's cheesy, Battlestar needs a whole separate word, right? And then the remake was just really solid science fiction. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, And the end goes a little off the rails, but uh, I'm not a fan of the finale, but that's a separate episode. I hear there's a lot of that. You know, I hear that, like, Stargate Atlantis went really off the rails, too. So it's it's a thing in sci-fi. But the pilot's amazing. If you've never watched the reboot of Battlestar, it's definitely worth your time. Really good stuff. All right. Ray, your third one, since nobody else... Yeah, yeah. So my next one is the Young Justice pilot, Independence Day. Came out November 26th. Wait, Young Independence Day? Starring Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum as Robin and... (laughs) Uh, You're done. I mean, I'd watch that. Robin and Aqualad. You guys would. Jeff Goldblum is Aqualad? Yeah. I could buy it. 
All right, well, I'm done here. That's <laughs> Good pick, Rachel. <laughs> that's what we're pitching. That's what we're casting. Yes, that is my, that is my, my pitch for the live-action Young Justice movie. <laughs> Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it's not my fault they called their Randy, damn Who's Randy Quaid going to play? Uh, Beast Boy? Red Ooh. Tornado. Randy oh, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a good okay. pick. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but he only says things in Cousin Eddie's voice. That's right. I'm good with that. Well, isn't that his normal voice? I don't know, is he? I think it's kind of <laughs> I've never met him in person, I can't oh, say. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, this show focuses on the Young Justice comic book that came out years before. It, you know, follows uh, four sidekicks at first. Uh, Speedy, Robin, Kid Flash, and Aqualad. And it's became one of the best shows I've ever seen, one of the best well or well written shows. It has compelling story arcs. Uh I truly Isn't the pilot is the pilot when Speedy leaves like separates from Green Arrow because he's like I'm sick of being yeah. a sidekick or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Okay, I remember that that was a good episode. Everybody, you know, I just the show was so well done and I wanted to get into it more. I it was heartbreaking when there was like a year in between season one and season two. And now, you know, it, everybody says season three is coming out and there's news articles. And I just, I, I'll believe it when I see it because I've, you know, I've been hurt before, guys. <laughs> according to, uh, <clears throat> according to the gentleman who voices Aqualad, the actual audio recordings have been completed. I know. So. I know. But it's still, it's... That's a big chunk of the work, so... Like, probably the animation would probably be more work. I, I didn't say the most work, but it's still a big chunk. There was this horrible... As someone who's done that type of work. There's so. this horrible 1950s need to create kid sidekicks for everybody. Instead of kid superheroes, and... And dog sidekicks. So it was and a weird, dog weird phase of that, too. Yeah, it was just... It, the 50s were weird, Because if you're weird, an adult, man. why aren't you your own superhero? Like, this is because... <laughs> <laughs> of McCarthyism. He brought in people, they created the Comics Authority code or whatever for censorship on comics and everything. And, you know, so they created a lot of children. And this show validates these character creations. They're not just there to say really ridiculous things and uh, get kidnapped all the time. They are legitimate people with problems in this show and I I want to keep watching it. I've rewatched the show so many times and that pilot is the reason why I kept watching it. I'm excited to do the rewatch before season three. Yeah. Um, no, the pilot's yeah. great. I was so excited to see that stuff because I love the Justice League cartoon and yeah. you know, Batman the Animated Series and that whole style and this was darker, don't get me wrong, but it was it still felt like it was in the same universe in the same vein. And they actually did a good job, not just with the sidekicks, but also with the actual Justice League members mm-hmm. when they showed up. The whole relationship between uh, Superboy and Superman, or, or whatever they they called him in the show at any yeah. given time, um, <laughs> and yeah, Superman and Batman kind of having to be like go talk to him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird seeing Batman like that, but that's, and even Green Arrow and Black Canary, like I really love, you got a little bit of like their chemistry there Absolutely. and uh, Black Canary training. Red Tornado people. was there, which was Red cool, Tornado, a very yeah. underused hero in my opinion. So, 
I think they could have picked some. They could have picked some better, a better like babysitter. I think I liked it better when Shazam was the Captain Marvel. Oh, that was the babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Rob and Chad Lowe voiced him, and it was perfect. Yeah, it was really good. Rob Lowe has the voice of a teenager. (laughs) He just did Chris Traeger, and it was awesome. (laughs) Literally the best Shazam of all time. Yeah. All right, Ryan, your turn. Uh, I'm going to go with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, yeah, was you, that, that was a great pilot. People can say a lot of things about the first season of that show, but the pilot was was good. Um, you got introduced to all these characters in the small group of agents you know, of mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D., and um, you get introduced to Sky, who is um, the rogue hacker that some people like and some people don't like. I just um, hate the name. I, I'm over not well, That's not her name anymore. So. No, it, it's... It's Daisy, and I hate that name even more, so oh, really? I'll just call well, her Quake. Well, that's at least Quake. true to a character. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'll um, just call her Quake. Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't gotten to that far yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you get all these characters that you meet. They One thing the show does really well is they have all gotten chances to shine, and, and no matter which character you kind of gravitate towards, they do get their storyline um, throughout the series. And now it's uh, season six, I think, yeah. and um, it's it hasn't been renewed yet. It would, Those signs are pointing towards. It, it would surprise renewed. me if it did not get renewed. I think the ratings have been up this season, but um, it the, would seem weird that they couldn't somehow ride the Infinity War coattails for another season. That seems unlikely. Infinity War is a little bit you know? bigger than a lot of the storylines. I mean, Agents of Shield has done some crazy crap, and when you think about that, it's in the MCU. It's kind of weird that like you don't hear about any of this stuff because some of it's even bigger than the things that have happened in the movies. Well, I mean, that the movies have that problem, too. Like, S.H.I.E.L.D. is really... Thor the Dark World, for example. <laughs> well, one of the episodes We're in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're not ever going to talk about London again. Yeah. One of no the episodes London. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was the cleanup from Thor the Dark World. Yeah. Um, so at least they acknowledged it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, they, they do have tie-ins. And the whole first season had problems in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because uh, they didn't, when they first pitched the show and filmed the pilot and started writing the season, they didn't know that Captain America uh, Winter Soldier was going to completely annihilate S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield? as an organization. Yeah, I feel um, like there was a miscommunication somewhere. Yeah, between the TV <laughs> department. are dicks! <laughs> between the TV department and the movie department, there were some definite issues. But um, if you can... I don't even think that that first season is all that bad, but if you aren't enjoying that first season, you get through some great you get better stuff later on. The cast is fantastic, and the relationship they have with each other during that first season is so good. You can tell that they had a lot of fun on set, because as soon as you see them interact with each other, you know that there's a familiarity between them, that there's a connection and a chemistry. So even though some of the episodes in season one are so bad they remind me of the first season of TNG. Uh, it's, That's hurtful. It's fun to watch them together. And if you're a, you were a fan of those early movies as they came out, mm-hmm. then you already knew Coulson and had some invested interest in him. Absolutely. He was also in one of the shorts um, that Marvel used to do, the one-shots. Um, so he had already had some development there. And he's a great actor who has chemistry with just about anybody on screen. There's um, a lot of Whedon in that first season. Amy Acker's well, Joss in there. Whedon actually, I think, wrote yeah. the first episode, the pilot. It did. Right, yeah. Uh, but then Jed Whedon is one of the showrunners for the rest of it, yeah. So there's still some Whedon influence there, just not Joss. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that show, I've said it a million times on the podcast, it's really disappointing to me that you guys haven't watched it, but... 
I've um, watched some of it. It's a really great bored. show. Yeah, but you wouldn't be bored with it's like true. I, season one point five I hear nothing, but it just on. gets ramped up even better and better. Every season I'm not is better than the last season. I'm just saying that I got bored. You got through Arrow. You got through the first half of the first season of Arrow. I actually think the first season of Arrow is better than what I watched in Agents. Of it Show. probably is, but so well, that's what I'm saying. So you know, that's not a fair. But you're going into Infinity War, not having seen all of the Marvel universe. How stuff. will I ever survive? I'm just saying. Wouldn't you rather have seen everything? I, I, I'm oh convinced God. the people making the movie haven't seen the entire MCU. So, Probably true. <laughs> so I think I'm all right. <laughs> I mean, how many hours of content is the MCU at this point? It's so I many. mean, a lot. You're, you're talking over 30 hours of content for the movies. Well, the Russo brothers just rewatch their films and community. Yeah, that's right. Like, they don't do anything else. <laughs> five, six seasons of Agents of Shield. Now you have so, every season of the, both seasons of Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Defenders, two seasons of the Agent, Agent Carter. Carter. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's Inhumans. They're probably closing in on a hundred hours of content, so I would think it's over that. I mean, maybe you got yeah, you have over thirty hours of movies because there's there's uh, seventeen movies, eighteen movies. Okay, we don't have to do this. Uh, We'll do the math some other time. Yeah, I'm gonna go. uh, I guess this will be my last one since we're closing in on. No, we're gonna go over it because we prepped this, we spent the time on it. We're gonna go over today. Okay. Don't cry, Argentina. You'll be fine. So then uh, the next one on my list, uh, if, if we're going to keep going, then I'll, I'll do something a little bit later here. And that is actually Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the Fresh that Prince pilot. such a fun pilot. So 1990, September 1990, called just pilot. Didn't really have a, a name or anything like that. But sometimes it's called, it's referred to as uh, the Fresh Prince Project is uh, kind of the, the working title for it. Those who've never seen it, it is, uh, you know, stars Will Smith as a fictional version of himself who, you know, um, had trouble with... It's, it's the Just do song. it, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> you know you want to. That's the whole don't, reason don't worry, why you anyway, moving on. Uh, so, don't worry yeah, about it. <laughs> he, uh, so, you know, you're, you're introduced to the, the aunt and uncle and his cousins that he stays with and, of course, Jeffrey. And you, you know, learn about all of them and, you know... They're all supposed to be very uptight and prim and proper, and Will, of course, is the laid-back, cool guy, you know, with uh, the colorful, crazy clothes. And, and a cummerbund on his tits. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 there. Um, you know, and there's some wonderful moments, like Ashley, who's like eight at the time, rapping at the big business dinner, which is just a great scene, or, um, you know, there's... You know the, talk, the the big argument between uh, Uncle Phil and and Will about you know what what it means to grow up on the streets and who Uncle Phil was because you know Will's ta- you know got the Malcolm X poster and stuff but Uncle Phil was like there in the streets and all that like it kind of it laid the seeds for some really powerful moments that would come back later in the show between these characters um, and just it really showed a wide range for what these actors could do. Uh, that the show would later take advantage of. Um, you mean Shredder didn't show all of James Avery's reign? James Avery was... Okay. <laughs> We're not, we weren't going to go there. But Shredder had a lot of reign in the, in the cartoon, okay? Jeez. Oh, man. I love James... I that was my that. next best pilot, was the original what? Teenage Mutant no, Ninja <laughs> That cartoon does not hold up well. Um, Season one is good. Season two, they forget what colors they are, and yeah. everybody's just the same. Um, see, I thought it was just because I was colorblind, but nope. uh, <laughs> now, James Avery is wonderful. The whole cast is is really great, and the show the the pilot just shows them all off, um, and really kind of gives you the dynamic of who is who and the, their roles that they're going to be playing, and you know lays the seeds for that. You know, there's more to Will than him just being kind of the 
the talking back, hot head kind of cool kid. Because, you know, at the end he's playing some Beethoven on the piano and that, that kind of thing. So, I love it. It's great. All, all six seasons are uh, right, right there behind me. Of course. So, you know. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Right, they're right there, Ryan, if you want to borrow Also, them. all the Chuck is right behind you. That's true, and too. Every, basically, every show, Battlestar Galactica is right there. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are, they're all right behind Derek's me. Derek's research was just looking at that one shelf. It's almost like I you know, tend to buy stuff I enjoy. Yeah, I tend to pirate stuff I enjoy. That's uh, illegal, Ryan. <laughs> I certainly hope no one pirates this podcast. Oh, good. Oh, they do. Because <laughs> we charge for it everywhere. Exactly. Oh, um, 100 bucks an episode. So, my next one. I'm going to just mention it because Ryan already coughs under his breath. Uh, it was American Guys. The first episode is called The Bone Orchard. It started a really cool premise for the show that they open up every episode with a small vignette about people who are bringing their old world faith to America and how it shaped America today. Uh, then we meet our character our main character shadow moon he gets out of prison a couple days early because his wife has died he meets mr wednesday and uh like his whole life is upended you find out a little bit more every single episode which they do in such a beautiful way every vignette is done in a different uh cinematic style there's you know, a documentary style, there's cartoon, there's um, just a war. It's pretty incredible, very vivid, and it was everything I wanted out of the show. This is my favorite book of all time, written by Neil Gaiman, and when I... Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, we're laughing at chat. I, I asked in chat if there are any <laughs> other favorite TV pilots out there, and uh, Buster Props... I wonder who that is. Uh, said Peralta's dad in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> he was right, an well, actual pilot. He was an actual pilot. Yes, thank you. With a pill addiction. That's right. Nine-Nine. Yeah. American Gods is good. I didn't watch it, so. Pray for season two. The cinematography on that show is incredible. I heard there's some David Bowie stuff, which kind of yes. uh, makes me want to watch it a little bit. but Yeah, they're not, I don't think you're going to have any of that in season two. Yeah, anyway. because the person that was playing it is yeah. no longer. Julian yeah. Anderson, yeah. yeah. Um, the show was awesome, and the pilot was incredibly good. I hadn't even considered that uh, for some reason, I guess. In my head, it, it's not on the same level as, like, normal TV shows. <laughs> uh, yeah, American Gods pilot is intensely good. It's a good pick. Thank you. Ryan. I know it seems like I'm doing a lot of superhero shows. That's basically <laughs> that's what I watch. watch. That's what I watch. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're doing favorites, not yeah. best. Like even though it says best on there, I think. Oh, Derek oh, writes classic Derek. Um, I'm going to do Smallville, um, which we kind of briefly mentioned before. But the pilot, I I didn't watch Smallville when it was actually on TV. I rewatched it here, like in the last year. Oh wow! Um, all ten seasons. Oh my god! Yeah, did I you really? All of them. Yeah. I've told you guys that. Is that before. what you do when you run your printers? Like, no, that was what I did when I was like, no, no other shows on it. Oh, and it. I was like, I'm just gonna binge this because it looked interesting back in the day. I just didn't watch it. The pilot really got me hooked, though. It was uh, if if you haven't seen it in a long time, you get to see um, the Kents run into uh, uh, Clark for the as first time as a very young 
uh, kid. He's not not a baby. That's he's weird. like uh, okay. He's like walking. He's like four or five, yeah. maybe. Um, but it's been, it's been a while since I've watched the pilot. You get to see the meteor shower, which is basically like the setup for the entire show because the meteors are all kryptonite and give people powers and. Um, a few years in, they discover different colors of kryptonite and, you know, things like that, really random stuff. But you get uh, to meet Lex and find out why he's bald, and it's because of the meteor strike um, and being exposed to the kryptonite, which for some reason made him bald and no one else. Um, uh, but his uh, actual, the actor that played him did a really great job. Probably Michael the, Rosenbaum. Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum was the, probably the best Lex Luthor, and his so dynamic good. with Clark was amazing. And in that first episode... Um, the most striking part for me was when Clark gets basically, he, he gets exposed to the kryptonite as like a teenager and this bully is wearing a, wearing a kryptonite necklace essentially that was Lana's necklace. Mm-hmm. It was a love interest in the show, unfortunately. But anyway, he's able to like beat up Clark and string him up in basically a crucifixion pose with like a big S on his chest and it's... Um, kind of the start of the deconstruction of the Superman character, which was what that show did really well. It kind of deconstructed him down to nothing and kind of brought him back up. And obviously by the end you get to see him be Superman. Um, but it, it really was po- a powerful uh, episode for me. And it really kind of, I mean, it held up. Even though it's not that old, it's pretty old in TV terms. It's yeah. like 2006 or something like that. I, don't know. I think it's old. Because the show ran old, for That's true. Years. It must have yeah. been like 2001. I think, I, I think it came out in the very early 2000s. Yeah. But I mean, I, I felt like it still held up. I mean, it, I wouldn't recommend probably watching all 10 seasons. There was a lot of filler in there. Yeah. Um, but the stuff they did, ended up doing with like the Justice League... Um, the Green Arrow was actually pretty well done. Uh, Cyborg is in Zatana there. Was Aquaman, cool. Zatanna was neat. Flash, uh, Flash, Flash is weird. Um, I like I like parts funny. of the Flash episode. Is there's more than one Flash episode? Like... Well, the, okay, the one where they meet. Yeah, and Flash is you know stealing wallets. Yeah, but like they're racing, you know, and you know he's keeping up, and then the Flash he just turns around and like kind of like see ya, and he's just gone. Right, I like that. I liked the Justice League gets Gap hoodies. Like right, those. that was their costume for yeah. the most part. Like yeah. I said, the CW's come a long way since Arrow. You yeah, know? <laughs> well, the Arrow actually had a suit. Yeah, it wasn't that's a Gap what... hoodie, but yeah. uh, no, I'm talking about oh, in the on, show on Green right. Arrow. He actually had it was uh, like an early version, like leather version, uh, more leathery even than the than the Arrow suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had goggles instead of a mask, which was weird. But and weird. he used a crossbow because I don't think he wanted to learn how to use a real bow. The last is lazy. Yeah, I think he does use a real bow eventually, but not as his main weapon. He mostly uses crossbows, uh, which is like hand crossbows, like Huntress, basically. Yeah. Um, but but overall, I enjoyed the show. I was ready for it to end, but it was the... the hit like season six. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wanted to see Superman. And at yeah. a certain point, he was basically Superman, but they were just teasing that he wasn't yeah. wearing the suit and he wasn't flying. Um, but yeah, overall enjoyable show. And I thought the pilot was pretty strong actually, especially for a CW show of that era. Mm-hmm. Now here's something interesting in chat that I think we could talk about for a moment. Cause, uh, Chagrin's saying that the Punisher pilot was great. Now, if a show never had an actual pilot because the whole season was ordered and made together, it's is a... there a pilot? I almost well, put some Netflix shows on my list because I did love the Punisher Chagrin. Um, but 
I thought that that was kind of a weird stipulation because they don't make they don't make an episode and go, oh, let's see if this we're going to shop this to network. Instead, they had Punisher show up in Daredevil, and everybody was like, we need a Punisher show immediately. But even the other Netflix shows, like Daredevil, didn't have a pilot. That's true. Yeah, they were all just we're going to make a Daredevil show. Here's 13 episodes. But Punisher, they got the test. Yeah, yeah that's the true. market, and they did the same thing with Flash. On Arrow, mm-hmm. um, you know, they so did a backdoor of, pilot with, with yeah. Flash. So it is kind of interesting. Punisher had a really great first episode that kept me going. Yeah. And I believe there are some really amazing things in the Punisher series as a whole. Micro is probably one of my favorite side characters ever created in a superhero Go back show. and watch our Punisher review episode. Yeah. Because it was actually a really great episode of this podcast. We it really was. got to deconstruct the show. It was good. Of... Uh, same with Daredevil. They had a really great first episode. I think the second episode was better because that hallway scene is iconic mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, every show has tried to mimic that. But see, that's the thing with the Netflix shows is you don't have to have a really engaging first episode because it's all released at the same yeah. time. Absolutely. Versus so it's not really it's, a traditional pilot. It's a right. benefit. At the same time, uh, Netflix goes all in on stuff. You know, <laughs> they don't get a chance to shop. They that, But that's why they order pilots from like Aziz Ansari and Drew Barrymore. They don't order pilots from, Marvel. you know, <laughs> up and coming, blah, 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 you know. So with like the tick... Would that be considered a pilot? Because the first four episodes be like a pilot because he they released the first four episodes and it's, then the rest didn't come out for a well, long actually, time. Actually, I think the first episode. Oh, they did was release a actually a pilot. Yeah, it you're right. The suit completely changed in the second episode. episode you're right. So that would be a traditional pilot. Yes, right. an on on demand service, right? Because right. it could be on demand, right? Because like and now. And see this it's really interesting but the interesting. pilot is to sell your show you, right. you show so it like, around to multiple networks you see who buys it and will pick it up And so like Star Trek Discovery does not have a pilot it has a prelude the first two episodes are a prelude to the rest of the show and they're incredibly different for the rest of the show but the show was already picked up for 13 episodes they expanded it to 15 later but like those episodes were being made together so I think you know to define it a pilot is here's your one episode who wants to buy the show based mm-hmm. on this and the tick had that but Daredevil didn't yeah right Star Trek Discovery didn't um, so I think that that's an important distinction because the way you make your first episode is pretty different if you have to sell the show on that one thing yeah and that's you why know, pilots are usually true. worse than the rest of the show ends up being because yeah. You you have to cram so much into that show to make people care about what's what's happening that it ends up being overstuffed. Well, a, a lot, lot of things time. usually change, right? So um, you know, Absolutely. you look at the very first episode of a main show like Seinfeld or Friends or something like that. A lot of things, style, furniture, sets, sometimes even actors are completely changed. Well, look at Parks and Rec. You you you're, you had no development of any of the characters really. Like you uh, you don't get any of the real personalities other than Leslie. Um, yeah. You know, and that's a hugely popular show that went on for what seven seasons. Um, They had to cut that show short because people were getting too popular. Too many job offers were coming in. It wasn't just like one person was growing too big for it. Like happens in a ton of TV shows. It was everybody was growing too big for this, and they they had to end it because nobody could accept all these jobs and continue to do it. And I think that was a solid last season for it too. The the time jump. The time jump worked for a change. Yeah. Yeah, people didn't always like it, but you know, she didn't want to do an entire season wearing a preggy belly and I get that. So are we doing one more after one this more. or two more? You have two more cuz we Oh, just Greg, I have a guy. Okay, so yeah. we're doing okay. So then I'm going to do All right. So my next one then is Fringe. 
which is also just called Pilot. And right behind you. And also right behind me. Yeah. Uh, actually, no. Fring... If Family Guy is your next oh, one. Oh, yeah, it is. It's not. It's not. But it's not far off. Uh, Star Trek Voyager is the next one. No, no Star Trek made the cut, actually. So, um, But anyway, so Fringe, for those who don't know, is a 2008 sci-fi show from J.J. Abrams before he um, had an opportunity to do Star Trek and Star Wars. Um, Fringe is a hardcore sci-fi show very much in the vein of the X-Files and the Twilight Zone and a lot of Star Trek-y tropes. Um, the pilot was super cool. Uh, the show kind of starts as a monster of the week kind of thing. Um, but you know, it, it, it all starts with, there's a big plane crash and, uh, everybody on board has basically been there just crystallized and like some bioweapon. And you find out that this dude injected himself with something that was released into the atmosphere and killed everybody on the plane. And, um, these agents have to, you know, figure it out and the partner gets, uh, infected with it. And so he's going to die and they have to figure out a cure really quick. And that's where they bring in, um, the, Joshua Jackson is one of the stars of the show from you know Dawson's Creek and the Mighty Ducks. Um, I was gonna say, you mean the guy from the Mighty Ducks? I know him from Mighty Ducks because I never watched Dawson's Creek, but um, you hear he did that. I hear he did that show, um, but uh, but yeah. So his father is like supposed to be this amazing fringe scientist, and for those who don't know, fringe science are things that are highly hypothetical that you know haven't been proven. Things like telekinesis and uh, telepathy and time travel and alternate universes and those types of things. The fun stuff. The really cool stuff that sci-fi does. Um, And so he's supposed to be this amazing scientist, but he's had a nervous breakdown. He's in a mental institution. And so they have to basically break him out of the mental institution. And you find out that his old lab partner, William Bell, who later is played by Leonard Nimoy when they finally show him on the show, uh, is... His company, Massive Dynamics, was responsible for making the bioweapon, and you start learning about you know these these strange things that are happening by this massive corporation, and then they create this kind of fringe task force division, which kicks off the show. So they have to introduce a ton of characters, all of which are throughout the show pretty hardcore, so they have to cement quite a bit in one episode, and the budget's really solid. It was a really good show. Fox show, um, so mainstream stuff. And I know neither of you guys have watched it, nope. which is why I provided I so much detail. I appreciate so. that. Yeah. All right. Ren Buff uh, says that uh, it had a great start, but then got kind of weird for them. And yeah, the show definitely gets weird. The last season's not very good because uh, they do a time jump and it doesn't really make any sense. But uh, I like the first three, uh, four seasons quite a bit. So. I get it. All right, last, last one. ones. Okay, so my last one is probably one of my favorite shows of all time, and it's Pushing Daisies. It is a show about a man who grows up to be a pie maker, so they called it the Pie Let. And uh... Uh, this show <laughs> was a little too weird for television. I'm just going to say that right now. The only way I can describe it is a morbid premise with a whimsical delivery it was painted only the way uh a you know happy tim burton movie looks it was uh i mean this man had the power to bring people back from the dead but there were stipulations on it he could only do it for a minute or else somebody else would have to die and you know you you touch them once they come back you touch them a second time they're dead forever and it's it's a fun show. It starred 
uh, Lee Pace, who we all know as Ronan the Accuser now. And of course. Kristen Chenoweth, who has been in a ton of TV shows. She was also in American Gods, but, you know, she's probably most famous for her Broadway stuff. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, fun side characters in there. There's They created this huge world, but couldn't contain it. And unfortunately, it aired in 2007 and 2008 during the writer's strike. So the first season got a 20-episode order that was cut down to nine. And the second season got a 15-episode order that was cut down to uh, 12. So this show really, really suffered from it and could not pick back up. So You got two Brian Fuller shows on your list. I do. I am a huge fan of Brian Fuller. He's yeah. a very creative man. I'm really looking forward to uh, his next project, which is um, Good Omens. Yeah, I'm a huge Brian Fuller fan, too, mainly because of his history with Star Trek. So. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Star Trek. But his thing is that when he was a kid, he wanted to grow up to not just be a writer, but be a Star Trek writer. And he did. He did. He did it. Good for him. And he's done some really good Star Trek work, so that's a good pick. Pushing, I'm watching it right now. I'm still in the first season, but man, that show is interesting. Right. It, it, the cinematography is super strange. The colors are incredibly vibrant and... It's a very unique show. Mm-hmm. So, I enjoy it. Very dialogue focused, which I really like. So, good stuff. A lot of bottle episodes. Yes. Which is also difficult. I like that. Mm-hmm. Ryan. Right. Here's a big surprise. Another superhero show. Supergirl. Oh, no. I'm going to go with Flash. Because, I mean, I remember when the Flash pilot aired. Um, it was... I feel like we were friends at the time. Yeah, we were. Because I remember talking to you guys about it, and we had discussed that it was a really strong pilot, probably stronger than Arrow. And I don't know if it I was. agree that it resonated with me as much as Arrow did, or as important as Arrow was, but the actual pilot for The Flash was probably a be- objectively better TV. It didn't feel like a pilot. Mm. Um, you get the introduction to the particle accelerator explosion, um, Barry waking up months after the, the after the explosion after from a coma, um, and you get to meet Cisco and Caitlin Snow and Harrison Wells officially because you did get to see them briefly in Arrow right a few months earlier right yeah because Arrow kind of had a backdoor for mm-hmm. pilot version like to just kind of gauge whether the character deserved the his own part, show or not. Uh, Barry Allen or called whatever. the scientist was. Uh, one of the highest rated episodes, mm-hmm. you know, it had a ton of viewers and they fun. handled his origin very well. Yeah. And, and they, that obviously a lot of that footage was the same in, in the show when they show the slowdown of time and everything and all the chemicals right. kind of floating around. It was really neat. Um, and you know, you get him fighting the weather wizard. I think it was in that mm-hmm. episode and you get the traditional like classic flash runs backward, the opposite <laughs> direction of the tornado. <laughs> Uh, which is a classic comic book thing that he's done, and um, and by the end you get the tease of Harrison Wells standing up out of the wheelchair and going to the uh, the future paper newspaper saying that Flash vanishes in infinite crisis or something like that, which still hasn't paid off yet. But uh, we're hoping <laughs> it probably never will. We are hoping, fingers crossed, that it does. Although the show is kind of not the, not the greatest right now, but I think they bit off a little more than they could chew with some of the. Easter eggs they were trying to play with. So, 
Which is sad because there are some real gems in there. The fact that they were able to bring King Shark in is... And he just, looks great. He really does. Great, yeah. like, that was half the season's budget for right. CG, but they did it. Grodd was good. Yeah. Was so and cool. Although the fight is a little weird. Like, oh. Oh, yeah, you guys why, haven't seen you know, that from last season, I think. We watched last season. Oh, did you? We, yeah. we haven't caught up on the this The Gorilla season. City fight? So, yeah. You saw that then? Yeah, it was, it was all right. But, I mean, that, again, like, I feel like that's a little biting off a little more than you can show. Yeah. First off, that, I think, would be difficult for any network show to do, and it's the CW, so it's not even CBS or Fox, right? I think that HBO or Stars could pull off something like that, because they're pulling off Game of Thrones and, you know, American Gods, but... But in all fairness, it took them five seasons to get a full dragon in the mix like even their cgi (laughs) like they they push it off as much as possible so it's not like they're just busting it out veep has no reason for a cgi gorilla and and, (laughs) i'd watch that episode i like veep's fun um no but i i I think the flash pilot was incredibly promising and really showed that there could be a balance to the darkness that Arrow had because at the time Arrow was pretty gritty. Yeah, um, that was season two, I think, or yeah. season two had just ended. Right, season two is where the teaser was, right? Right, and yeah. So the two episode thing, yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, there are two seasons behind it. Right, uh, yeah. Flash is in season four right now. So you know, it was one of those things where the CW was showing, look, we can do it both ways, and we can even have them cross over with each other and have it be you know consistent and coherent, which I think is super impressive. But not anymore. <laughs> Well, you know, <laughs> they, they did it. They did pull it off. They right. showed it could You're be right. done. And they showed it could be done on the CW's budget, which means that the other networks and have you know, no excuse. They, <laughs> That's true. The Legends of Tomorrow was created for all their side characters to go off on because you can't have side characters one-up your main character. So they just created a brand new show. And now that is a comic book. There hasn't been something this cool since uh, Harley Quinn was created in the 90s for the animated series. And now she's a comic book legend. And, and so, now Legends is the best of the CW it shows. Is. Whereas last season it, it was, it was the It's because Legends doesn't take themselves seriously. No, they know that like their crap doesn't make any sense and that, that there's well, easier the whole, ways to solve these problems, yeah. but instead they take the fun way and go with it that way. The, the fact that the whole thing is based off of time travel and different things like that means that they have so much flexibility to do whatever they feel like yeah, doing. Yeah, they've gone to the 70s, they've gone to the 80s, they've gone to dinosaur age, they've gone to... The future. Uh, yeah, Western civilization, like the Westerns uh, era and met Jonah Hex and they've gone to the future. And, yeah. I mean, they've done every a little bit of everything and yeah, Civil War and, uh, and Revolutionary they, War. They can test anything they want and if it doesn't work, reset button. Yeah. Like yeah. they get to do it and they have an in-universe explanation for it. You know, so I like Legends And tomorrow. Wally is in, is it, Wally West yeah. is in it now, and Constantine mm-hmm. um, has been in a few episodes this season. So, I mean, yeah, they're really diversifying the types of characters. Although this, with, with Wally West being there, it's basically now the bad guy just incapacitates the speedster first somehow in some ridiculous way that the speedster could never have picked up on, even though they have super senses. <laughs> and then the, then the rest of the Legends, like, punch him. Yeah, it's great show, but yeah. Well, it's last season silly. it was just like, well, let's just hold him and we'll get skill yeah. to punch him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I mean, it's but they they embrace the fact yeah. that yes, they have an OP speedster. You know, last season the Reverse Flash was part of the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what they were calling it at the time, but the group of bad guys. Much the, the Injustice League, League whatever yeah. they, were they didn't call them that. But, but yeah. it, I feel so like they name dropped it at one point. He could have like killed all of them in one second. Yeah, yeah. because he's so fast. But 
you know, they played around with that, and it's fine. They, they embrace it's, it's it. Fun. So. I feel like Legends of Tomorrow is, is still has the the corny comic booky joyness that Flash started with. Yeah, that Flash now takes itself a little too seriously. Which is weird because Legends is in its third season, and you would think that this would be the point when they would start getting more serious, and you know, like well, that's what happened to Flash. But no, they're getting more and more ridiculous, which is great. Yeah. Well, they tried serious in the first season, and they had a lot of serious characters that are not on there anymore because they were boring. Yeah. How dare you make the Hawks boring? Oh they're never boring I, I in never the really comics. She was anyway, a barista. So. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Five minutes ago, she was a barista serving coffee. Yeah. How dare you spend two years with Brandon Routh and don't love him? Like, right? I know. I can spend two minutes with him and be in love. He hasn't like, had a love interest, like a stable love interest. Poor man. Uh, he had Felicity on Arrow, and then, uh, you know, yeah. He's, he's got to find his lowest lane. I guess. Stop. Okay, your turn. <laughs> 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 All right, so my last one is Futurama. Futurama is probably one of my favorite. It might be my favorite show of all time. It's um, so good. The original episode, Space Pilot 3000, aired in 1999 to correspond with the turn of the century. Um, it set up so many things that were to come later. Uh, you had na- the, the entire Nibbler uh, going back in time to do the the time code in the later movies. You had the the, the missing crew that Farnsworth could just hire Leela Fry and Bender for and what happened to them. Um, just the, the amazing technology of like, you know, the celebrities heads in jars is in the first episode, boots. the suicide boots and Bender wants to kill himself because he found out that what he was building was for suicide boots. So he's going to kill himself in a suicide booth, you know, but he's going to not, not going to pay for it though. He's got the trick quarter. <laughs> uh, I, I just think that Futurama is one of the cleverest shows that's ever been on TV and the pilot just threw everything at it. Every main character is is in there. Every great B character has some face or line in that episode to set up future stuff. And so much from that very first pilot comes back in either future episodes or those TV movies. I mean, you find out that it, it, when Fry is frozen and they go through time really quick and you see the aliens destroy the whole city, like that ends up happening later and it's Bender's fault. You know, <laughs> like it's just, it's wonderful. And, it's everything that Futurama you know, grows up to be, you know. You're totally right. It's such a great show. That's it's it. Just, I mean, it's. I've seen some episodes of it, but I've never watched the whole series. It's incredibly poignant. It's touching at times. I've laughed so hard at this show. You that, cried. Yeah. The dog. God, Jurassic Bark. If that's not one of the saddest. Uh, it has some of the most romantic moments I've ever seen between two characters. I mean, the the devil's hands are idle playthings. Oh, wow. My favorite episode. Uh, you know, it's just incredible. Incredible. I don't know how that show was canceled like eight times. <laughs> so many and times. And Simpsons is still going when... It, I don't get it. No, I, I've it's... never found the same charm, the same intelligence behind Simpsons. But... I mean, Futurama, they had physicists as writers on the show when they had the doomsday equation or the equation where they were swapping bodies, mm-hmm. their minds and bodies. Like, they came up with legit equations to make the math work. They had to, they wrote themselves into a corner and then they mathed their ways out of it. They really did. Um, there's just amazing stuff. And, you know, I know we're talking about pilots here, but the finale is one of the best finales of any show I've ever seen, in my opinion. Maybe we'll do a best finale or favorite so. finales later on this year. 
It's it's great. It's a wonderful show, and the pilot shows everything that 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 world is going to be. You know, it's it shows all the technology, all the characters, the quirkiness, the the sarcasm, the tongue in cheek style of the entire show. The puns. So many puns. Yeah. You know. It's good. It's so great. So if, if you've never seen it and you enjoy sci-fi or cartoons at all, you, you got to go check it out. You're missing out. All right, guys. So that's our episode. It is. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we are being joined by Nicole Santarella again. We are going to rank the CW superheroes. So it's actually pretty awesome that Ryan set us up for all of this. We're, yeah. That we're means you guys prepared. have to catch up so, on all the shows before all of them. Are we ranking the characters or the shows? The, the, the characters. Wow, that's a lot of characters. Not all of them. And we're, you guys don't know all of them. We always do 20. So, you know, we'll talk about beforehand which 20 are we including, you know. And I do want to say that they have to be a super of some kind, you know. Felicity doesn't count. Oh, that was my number one. Uh, we'll define a super. Come on. She's a super hacker. Costume. She one time threw a tablet and killed a League of Assassins ninja with it. Oh my God. <laughs> it's true. It happened in the show. You're right. I'm not making that up. And she nuked a whole city. That's true. She's killed more exactly. people than I think anybody really else on the show. what shows. superheroes do, though? Do they? Oh, so we're not including villains then? I guess. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this is only no, superheroes. It's oh, okay. just the superheroes. Now, what about antiheroes? We'll talk about this next. Which week. Which version of Wells do you want on this? That's what I'm asking. Like, 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 okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't want the hipster drumming one. Uh, HR. As, as much as I enjoy like him. Tim. No, he's. Funny. You haven't even seen the best versions yet. If you haven't watched this season. <laughs> Um, There's anyway. the Council of Wells that happens oh in this season. Oh my god! So exciting! Oh god! You know, I, I gotta it's be so honest. Ridiculous. Tom Cavanaugh, who who plays the Wellses, uh, <laughs> when I saw that he was cast for that role, I was a little hesitant because I had only known him as JD's brother on Scrubs. He had an entire show. <laughs> Uh, I don't remember what it was about, but it lasted. It See, was on for a while. About. And he is so great. He's so great on He's Flash. He really is awesome. So I'm, I'm really glad that uh, Yogi Bear wasn't the end of his career. So because <laughs> he's obviously much better than that movie. Uh, d- you know, show We're all better so. than Yogi Bear. All right, so that's going to be it for us. Uh, if you'd like to find us outside of the show, Ryan is at Buster Props. Mm-hmm. Ray is at Siren Ray. I am at The Star Trek Dude. You can find us at the Heroes Podcast Network, at Heroes Podcasts, on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and Instagram, or heroespodcasts.com. You can find our show on Apple Podcasts, Blog Talk Radio, Google Play, and Spreaker. Thank you to everyone who joined us tonight. If you want to go back and listen to other episodes, we do not have an overarching story plot. Just pick and choose. That's true. Yes, we have 111 episodes that you can stream from our website or any of the platforms. Do not be overwhelmed. You don't have to start at episode one. We have a bad pilot. Don't listen to our show. Pick whatever you want. Things, you know, we got better over time and worse over time in other ways, but... uh, (laughs) Thank you for everybody who joined us live in chat tonight um, at twitch.tv slash heroes podcast. You can do that Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. And a special thank you to J- uh, Jordan, Doc Rev, and Trackboy, our top three Patreon contributors. We appreciate it, guys. It means a lot to us. We'll catch everybody next week. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.